excited to be here this morning. I got a lot of sleep. I've had a lot of coffee. And I am ready to go. So much so that the sound sound guy back there, no name, Brian, um, he kicked me out of the sound booth because I was being too distracted while uh, he was trying to mix for the service. So uh, I hope that I can keep it together. I'm just super excited about sharing in the word this morning. And I believe I just have a word that actually really ties into what God is already speaking. And for me, when that begins to happen, I get a little more excited. It's like a couple extra cups of coffee. So buckle in, hold on, and we'll get there together. In Jesus' name, if you guys want to open up your Bibles, we're going to take a look at, at well, actually one of this week's um, lessons. If you if you read along the lessons, we're going to look at Genesis 17. Um, it's one of this week's lessons, the Old Testament lessons for this week. Genesis 17, verses 1 through 8 and 15 through 17. Genesis 17, verses 1 through 8. 15 and 17, I think technically it's 1 through 7, but we're going to read 1 through 8, 15 and 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your number. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, but you will be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your generation and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. If you jump over to 15, God also said to Abraham, as for your wife, Sarai, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and, and will surely give her a son by you. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of all nations. The king of all peoples will come from her. And Abram fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man who is 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? So this is just a, a great passage of scripture. I actually shared a little bit uh, from this passage in, in our staff meeting this week. And there's just so many rich things that happen in this um, conversation between Abraham and God. And, and you know, one of them is, is Abraham's response to God. I always find it just incredible how um, when people recognize, especially the Old Testament, you see when people recognize the presence of the Lord, their response was, was to bow down before him, to get on their knees and remember who God is and re understand that he is the God of all. He's the God of creation. I think often, and I was sharing this staff, I think often we forget that. You know, sometimes we, we, we forget who he is and, and we forget how to be reverent before the Lord and have that, that, that biblical understanding of fear of the Lord and, and awe of the Lord and, and those kinds of things. In here you also have where, where um, God redefines who Abraham is and he tells him who he is and changes his name in such a great, incredible way where God says, I, I don't care who you are, what you think you are, here's who you are. He said you are the father of nations. But in here this morning, what I, I really want to do is, is, is talk about the promise of God. And uh, actually, in, in this case, I want to talk about the I will of God. Here, God is speaking directly to Abraham. And he, 
begin to tell them these things done. He says, you'll be a father of many nations, for I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come of you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant. He says, I will be your God and I will be your descendants, God. He says, these are the things that I will do. You know, and how often do you read this? And we're actually going to, we're going to try and get through a number of scriptures where we find not just somebody speaking of the promises of God, but God himself or Jesus himself speaking promises directly to his people. And um, there's something interesting that tends to happen when we when we receive these promises from God. And, and this is actually not where the promise was first given. This was kind of a reminding Abraham of, of what the promise was. The promise was actually given a couple of chapters earlier. Um, in 15 and 16, and if you kind of flip back and, and look through the story, he says, I'm going to establish this covenant, and here's what I'm going to do, and, and it's virtually kind of the same idea. But then Abraham did something that often we do, is he really kind of forgot, he and his wife kind of forgot that God said, I will make you nations. And he had received this promise, and Abraham and his wife decided, well, here's the promise we have, let's try and do it ourselves, Right? He and, Abraham, uh, he and his wife decided, you know, listen, instead of, of, of just kind of waiting and relying and, and letting the God who said, I will do this, I will make you a nation. Let's, you know, I'm not having any kids. Why don't you just take our, our, our servant and then we'll go ahead and start our line that way. How often do we do that? How often do we do that? Where we've received the word from God, we've received the promise of God, we know the promises of God, and we understand them to be true, but often then we take them in our own hands and we try to accomplish them. I know in, in my life it is something that I struggle with day in and day out because I'm a doer. I like to get things done. I like to, to move around. I like to, you know, if, if, if you know, I, I have a list of to-do lists. See, my wife might say otherwise, and not always do I get the to-do list done. You know, but I'm doing a lot of things, and sometimes I'll pass by something on my to-do list, and, and it's been on my to-do list for five or six weeks, and I'll pass by, and I'll get real distracted, and, and no matter what I was supposed to do, and I'll just start doing it. It happens all the time. You know, at the other day, I fixed a toilet seat because, I don't know, I just passed by a toilet seat, and I thought, oh, okay, let's fix this up. Um, but God didn't promise to fix a toilet seat, so I wasn't wrong uh, for, <laughs> for doing that. But often in my life, in, in my walk with the Lord, I, I receive these promises, and then what begins to happen is I become anxious. I worry, and I, I doubt. And it's incredible because God is, is, is speaking something to us that's supposed to encourage us. Here, it, you know, he, he spoke something to Abraham to encourage him, to tell him what his future was, to, to assure him, I will do these things. And, of course, he decided, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Let's, let's just kind of take matters into our own hands. And I promise you, if you go back and read verses, uh, chapters 15 and 16, it doesn't always turn out that well. It can cause problems in, in their house. It caused division and anger. In your own life, it will cause anxiety, depression. It could cause anger. It could cause division. It could cause all kinds of things. Because we often forget we're not in charge of the I will. Here, he speaks to Abraham and he says, I am the Lord God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. That was it. That was all he told Abram to do. 
He didn't tell him to do anything else. He said, walk before me blamelessly and faithfully, and I will. We often like to go past that and get into the doing. And this morning we're singing you know, this song, this is how I fight my battles. The battle belongs to the Lord. And how often do we forget that that really is the truth. That God has called us to do certain things, but when it comes to the battle and the fight in this world, he says, I will do this. So this morning, I just want to want to come through just a few scriptures, uh, try and stay off track, just to remind us what happens uh, when we are faithful to this. And try and give us an opportunity to really kind of let those things we hold on to and those things we think we have to do and, and the stress of our life. Because I think a lot of the stress of our life, especially in our Christian walk, comes from wanting to take care of it all. Instead of just resting and relying on God and doing what he calls us to do. In Matthew 19, Jesus starts off his ministry this way. He starts off his ministry this way with the disciples. He says one thing to them. He says what? Come and follow me. Right? That was the disciples' role. Come and follow me. And he says, I will make you fishers of men. He says, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. How often do we feel like we've got to make ourselves good fishers of men, that if we don't have it right, then we've got to figure out all the words to say. We've got we to do this, and we've got to do that in order to win people. No, no, God says, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. He says, I, I will mold you. I will give you the words to say it. I, I send the Holy Spirit so he can speak through you. He says, I will make you fishers of men. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, real famous passage of scripture, says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and will pray and will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. There's four things right there that he, he calls the people of God to do. He says, humble yourselves, pray, seek my face, and turn. And the rest is his. He says, he says I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I'll take this to the Lord. Often we've got it figured out how we want the land to be healed. And then we tell people how we want the land to be healed. And, and we tell people what they need to do. That's not what the scripture says. He says, here's your part. Humble yourself. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Let me heal the land. That's the promise. The promise is, I will heal the land. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for I am with you, do not be dismayed. In that scripture, that is the role. Don't fear, but remember, he will strengthen you. He will uphold you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. Not just to make ourselves righteous, to make ourselves right, to get all the check marks off and, and to obey, you know, all these things and make sure we get it right under our own power. It says, no, no, don't fear, trust the Lord, I will do these things. Isaiah 43, 2, one of my favorites says, when you pass through the waters, so that's your job, to pass through the waters. That's what it says. When you pass through the waters, it says, I will be with you. Often when we go through tough times, and as Chris was talking about it this morning, when we go through tough times, we feel like we've got to make it. We've got to gird ourselves up. We've got to, to uh, make sure that, that we just fight through every, every single thing, every single emotion, every single uh, feeling that we have, every single hard time that we go, that we've just got to fight and we've got to battle and we've just got to do it all on our own. But God promises, he says, I will be with you. 
Isaiah 43, 2, I will be with you. This is how I fight my battles. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your lives free from money and be content with all you have. Because as God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Again, keep yourself from the love of money. Be content. But that comes from understanding the I will. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You will never want for anything. I will meet all your needs, the Bible tells us. We've got to step out of God's role and say what's what it says. Stay in our lane. Do people still use that? Stay in your lane. Do we have that's a great cultural term. I'm trying to keep up with the times. But it, it's true. How often do we we decide we're gonna we're gonna start taking over the things God said He is going to do? Exodus 33, 4 says, My presence will go with you. I will give you rest. That's a big one. This is a big one that, that I think probably 9% of us, 9 out of 10 of us probably do, is we try to create, you know, kind of our own idea of rest. When we need a break, when we need to, to relax, you know, we decide this is what is relaxing for me. This is what will truly give me rest. And, and I said it before, it often involves things like Netflix or Hulu or if you're fancy, um, Hulu without ads, ad-free Hulu. Because then you can really rest because then you don't have to be irritated by the commercials that come on. You get into your prime or, or whatever it might be, sports, whatever those things are. None of them are necessarily really bad, I guess, except for Chris Godwin. But it doesn't say that's what gives us rest. God gives us rest. I will give you rest. So if you want rest, you've got to plug into him. Right? You've got to link. Is that what we said this morning? we got to link into him, not into all the other things that are around and, and all the other things that the world tells us will give you rest and, and you know, whatever it might be. Is it, it, if you plug into him, if, if you come to him, he says, he will give you rest. When we start trying to create it for ourselves, you won't find it. You will be as unrested as you were when you started it and maybe even worse. But if we let him do what he said, he will do, then we get those promises. You will find rest when you go with him. When you are in his presence, you will find rest. Genesis 28, 15, I have just a few more that, before we close up. Genesis 28, 15, he's talking to Jacob. He says, I am with you, and I will watch over wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you. Here it is. I will not leave you until... I've done what I promised to you. He says, I won't leave you until I've done what I promised to you. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. If we are faithful to our part, and if you, if you recognize over and over, it really is about just drawing unto him and being unto him and trusting him and relying on him. He promises to do all of these things. He says, I will. He is the God of promises. And here he's saying, I promise I won't leave you until I've done what I promised you I will do. What an incredible, incredible comfort that is. One of the other lessons for this week is found in Romans chapter 5. I think it's actually 5 through 1 through 11. Yeah, 1 through 11. 5, 1 through 11. And um, 
in the middle of, of those verses, um, in verse 6, in several verses, it says, while we are sinning, while we are yet sinning, God sent his son to die for us. Christ came and died for us. And that's one of the promises he gives. That it, it, it's right in the midst of while we're bad, right in the midst of all of our wrongdoing, right in the midst of everything. If we come to him and we turn to him, he will save you. He will redeem you. He will restore you. He will give you You know, it, it's it's quite fascinating as I as I'm continuing just to pour through, and even just kind of now as we're talking through this, that really what was intended for our good, we often do do the, the exact opposite. What what was intended for us to give us this hope, to to give us the security, these promises that God does, we often do the opposite. So, what are we called to do? You know, I, I pointed out a few things, but in closing, I just want to give you just kind of the 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 last part, the the summary of what we're called to do. And so I'd like you to turn there with me. It's Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19 and following. You know, God gives us these promises and says, I will. And we need to stay out of his way. And we need to grab hold of him. We need to stop worrying about the promise. We're not called to worry about the promise. Hebrews 10 tells us, 10 and 19 says, we're actually called to hold fast to the promise. That's our job, to hold fast the promise. Hebrews 10:19 says, "Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by new and living way opened through us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to him with a sincere heart with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. We're called not to worry about the promise. We're called not to doubt the promise. We're, we're called not to, to, to make the I will happen. We're called to hold unswervingly to it and let him do the work he has promised to do. Philippians 2, 13 says, it, it, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So what are those things that God wants to work in you and through you? What are those promises? What is your I will? And what are you doing? What is your I will? Because I, I believe with all my heart, God gives us these I wills all throughout the Bible, but he also speaks I wills directly to you. The depths of your, your quiet time with you, in the depths of your darkness, and the depths of your heart, he speaks those I wills to you. And what are you doing with them? And I want to encourage you this morning to tackle them. Don't try to make them happen. Don't try to figure out how they're going to happen. Don't try to finagle your steps here and there so you think you put yourself in the right place to make them happen. It says hold fast to them and hold fast to him. If you're wondering what your next step is in, in trusting the I will, open your Bible and spend some time with the Lord. Open your mouth and begin to worship him. Open your mouth and begin to pray to him. Open your mouth and praise the Lord. And let him do good work in you. Let him do good work in you. And just as I'm praying, those I wills that, that you've been given, and, and maybe there's some of the specific ones from the word, maybe it's specific 
to your heart and to your life. I just want you to close your eyes for a minute as, as I begin to pray and think about those things that God has promised you. Those relationships maybe God has promised you, the, the healing maybe God has spoken to you. Maybe it's the healing of relationships God has spoken to you. What is the I will that God has been speaking to you? You know, Abraham waited a long time. Waited a long time for his I will. The Israelites waited a long time. But we hold back knowing that we're waiting for the end. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that we would hold unswervingly to the hope we have. That is you, that is our salvation, that is eternal life. Lord, I pray that we would hold unswervingly to the, to the I wills you have given us, Lord, knowing that you are faithful. Lord, I, I pray against any and all anxiety and worry and doubt and fear. Lord, I pray that would just be replaced with joy and encouragement and trust in you. Not worried about the time frame. The who, the what, the when, the how, the where. Lord, but we would just be worried about the one who cares for you. That our concern would be about building our life with you and building our relationships with you. The God who is faithful. The God who will not leave until he has done what he's promised to do in our life, in our church, in our city, in our nation. Lord, that's what we will hold on to. Lord, so I just pray again that we would let all fear, all worry, that all doubt, all anxiety, Lord, that we would let that wash away. Lord, that we would lean into you. We would hold on fast to your word that tells us over and over and over again that you are faithful. We will hold fast and remember all the times over and over and over in our life that you were faithful. We will hold on to that, that in the midst of this swirling world and this craziness that we, that we live in day in and day out, that we will hold fast to the one who says, I will. And as we said to Abraham, you are God Almighty. Lord, that we would remember that each and every day. That we would lean into you and we trust you. We pray all these things in your mighty, mighty name.